Hello, my name is Evan Jacobs and welcome to the Orange County Hardcore Scene Stir Aftermath podcast. These interviews are part of an ongoing series chronicling the hardcore punk music scene in Orange County, California and sometimes elsewhere. They are an addendum to the film Orange County Hardcore Scene Stir. This is a documentary I made that chronicles the 1990s hardcore punk scene. You can stream Orange County Hardcore Scene Stir on Vimeo. For $2 a month, you can watch every Anadimia film by subscribing to Anadimia Films Unlimited on Vimeo. Links for all this stuff are in each episode description. To support this podcast, please like, rate, and review it. Also, please subscribe to Anadimia Films TV on YouTube, where you can view all of these podcasts in their original video form. When you do that, though, that whole like the uh, the idea of like that mindset and just being that that person, and I'm kind of jumping ahead. I'm going to jump back to, but like you have since I've known you, and maybe you've never, uh, other than maybe you know years before. Like I remember when I met you, and you told me how you made your living juggling, and I go, "You, that's all you do." And you go, "Yeah, I pay my rent every every month juggling." I was like, "That's amazing." Um, and the thing is, you're the business. Like, 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 you're the guy bringing in money. It's like, uh, it's and and so you're supporting yourself. And it just, it's, it's interesting to me because it doesn't seem to me like you think about it that way. It seems like you think like I, it, it okay, I, I, I need to take care of myself, but I also want to try to take care of other people. And I'm just, I guess, my question is. Is that as easy as you make it look, or is it like like your life? Is it is it like up and down in that way? I, I've just always been been curious about that because I know a lot of people they have their own businesses, and sure, you know they are socially conscious. But I mean, you are pretty. I'm saying your posts are rarely about banned stuff that you happen to be doing. Your posts are about hey, this is going on in Seattle. Hey, this is going on in Haiti. This is you know this is what I'm doing. And so I, I'm just, I've always been curious about that. Okay. There's a lot, there's a lot there. Um, I, I think that what I'll say first is that in terms of the posts on social media, I made, a, I made a choice years ago, not to like do a lot of promo pushing of myself on social media. And I have to be honest and say that's changing. Like I've thought like maybe I should be pushing more about my keynotes and whatnot on social media. Maybe that'd be fun to do, right? Especially if the keynotes are message driven, which they often are like, that'd be fun. So that's shifting a bit. But I think that what happened was I started realizing that, okay, if I've got a bunch of followers and I don't have a ton, I'm not a social media all-star by any stretch of the imagination, but if I've got some followers and I could point eyeballs at 100 for Haiti or at, you know, Portland mutual aid network or whatever it might be, all the better. Like that's a good use of social media. That's a good use of advertising as it were. So that's kind of was the genesis of that was just the idea of getting more eyeballs on things that I thought were important. And we've got this incredible opportunity to advertise in that way. Um, but I think that, I think that I am no exception in that. I think we all are compassionate creatures. I'm entirely convinced of that that there is a root of compassion in human beings, which is a through line, and that this is true regardless of our seemingly inherent brutality given world events, I am quite convinced that the core of humans are good. Now, catch me on a different day, I might sing a different tune, 
but I generally follow that course. And with that in mind, that doesn't make me different than anybody else. Uh, I, I just happen to have free time, as it were, because, back to your question, I work for myself and always have doing uh, presentations, keynote presentations, comedy keynote presentations, and like idea-driven keynote presentations, um, which means that in between, I have a choice to make. I could either be pitching more of those, or I could fill my time in part by doing other things. And I've chosen, more often than not, to fill my time doing other things, like developing 100 for Haiti and working with Haitian people, whatever it might be. So what comes across is that I've devoted my life like this Mother Teresa to the good of the people. But realistically, what I've done is say, I want to have my time be defined by me, which is inherently a selfish thing to do, which is okay. Uh, and then realizing I have extra time as a result, offering that time to things I believe in that happen to benefit others. So the goal isn't to come across like I'm this uh, moralist and you should do as I do, but rather just... There's some things that I like. I wish that more people had more time to do these things. And unfortunately, people get locked into careers that absorb all of their time and the yield is, is low. And I don't get it, uh, given how short life is. So at the end of the day, um, I just uh, that's that's how I've chosen to, to, to live my life. And uh, I, uh, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it that way, meaning that I enjoy having my career path be one that I define, and then having time to devote to things that I think are meaningful. Well, I know they're meaningful for other people, certainly. Um, that seems like a good path to take. Was Trial your first band? No, actually, Biodegradable Grandmother was my first band. Let's talk about it. Biodegradable Grandmother, forming in 1986, was my first band with John Jones and Al Wiemet. Uh, John later going on to sing in the band Broloaf. This might be the first shout out to Broloaf in the history of Earth. That's the whole point um, of this. Yep. And then Al Wiemet going on uh, to sing in the band The Pissed, um, the punk band. Um, we formed a band called Biodegradable Grandmother. We recorded a demo in my basement. That demo was 45 minutes of us rambling just talking, playing songs, making them up spur of the moment, uh, songs about everything in the, in, in the world uh, from pumping gas. To, I mean, it was just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. Um, so, yeah, Biodegradable Grandmother. We played no shows. We did two recording sessions, and not, not even in a studio, literally with a boombox, hit record, play some music while half drunk in my basement while skipping school. Uh, and then after that, Al and I did a band called Process of Elimination that put out a seven inch called Anger in Our Eyes. That was 1989, maybe 1990. Um, very interestingly, that band who played a handful of shows, we played the Anthrax once on an off night. We uh, drove around the Northeast of the United States playing hit or miss shows anywhere we could. And really, ultimately, in the history of things, amounted to absolute zero. Just got contacted three weeks ago by a guy in England who's writing a book, I think with Jeff Terranova, about like obscure punk bands from Connecticut or from the Northeast or whatever, from the 80s and 90s, and got 
three of the four members of Process of Elimination on a Zoom call, and Al and Rich Stremme uh, and myself did this epic interview about Process of Elimination as if we actually mattered. When, when in reality, I'm not convinced that we did, but this guy knew more and remembered more about Process of Elimination and the anger in our eyes, 7-inch, and the shows we played. He remembered more than I did. It was It was unbelievable. So... Those are the bands that um, preceded Trial. And actually, actually, Derek Harn and a guy named Ward Spring and Scott Barkley and I did a band in Seattle called Dry Gulch, which was kind of like this like, like metal, hardcore-y thing. We put out a demo, I remember, five songs maybe. I've and, seen uh, some posts. Yeah. I've seen some like, like random Dry Gulch posts that'll kind of surface. Like you guys sort of staring at the vastness of like the city with like the view, right? Or no? Maybe. I don't know if there have ever been posts about Dry Gulch. <laughs> I don't know. I'm pulling up some. These are like obscure tracks. These are B-sides here. Process of Elimination and Dry Gulch and Biodegradable Grandmother. Like this is... These are these are rare tracks, indeed. You the had to know this was how this was going to be. That it was going to somehow no. start at the Shiva and then go into Broloaf and Dry Gulch. No, I, honestly, yeah. When, when I was telling people that I'm going to be interviewed for this thing, and they were asking what's going to happen, I would say, yeah, it's going to be an interview <laughs> about a Shiva, Broloaf, and Dry Gulch. Basically, like all interviews go, like every interview I've done for the last twenty years, they all follow that course so yeah you're asking the typical question so far tell me something interesting and we could have a conversation now wait trials journey take me through it like formation new age because from new age it goes to equal vision as i as i recall yep. but this was equal vision before equal vision became pierce the veil type equal vision correct yes so yep greg i'm all ears okay well i mean we we formed um, trial formed, and we uh, were were called Headline at first, and we didn't like the name. Um, we had borrowed the name from a, a political zine that I did called Headline Communications. We called ourselves Headline, and then we recorded. Nothing stops the mission. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, man. The hits just keep coming here today. I had the shirt. I had the shirt, and I kind of adopted that years ago when you and I were talking, because you ended up getting Walking Between the Raindrops distributed by Excursion Records. That's how I meet Dave Larson. That's how Heartbreak Beat. But all that, like, that, that I do, I had that shirt. That shirt is worn. That shirt's all over Safety in Numbers, my second my second film. So no, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean that. No, to... no, you rule. I, I, <laughs> I only want to do interviews from now on where the questions and answers concern things that between one and five people in the world have either heard about or remember. Like, this might, be the, last, this might be the last time I ever talk about trial. From now on, I want to talk about, like, coin collecting. I want to talk about, like, the obscure stuff. 